Hello, everybody, and welcome to Awake to Freedom. I'm Eric, and this is January 18th, 2019. Today's show is a great show, a great interview with a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Ruben, and me and Ruben grew up in Long Beach, California together. And uh, Ruben became a single father when his children were young, and uh, he raised those kids and with nothing but love and took care of them. They always came first in life. And uh, about two years ago, his son had a, a major health issue, and, uh, uh, and the interview will explain all that. We're going to get to that in a minute, but uh, just a beautiful story of, of uh, friendships and love and people coming together to help somebody, and it, it's just a great thing. So there, there's a lot of... A lot of positivity in this world and a lot of good things happening and uh, this is going to be a great interview. Other things going on in my hometown, not much. We're kind of closed down due to rain and stuff and cloudy and we've got a cold front coming in. It's going to get real cold here in a little while. Um, more shows coming up. Yes, definitely. We've got some great interviews coming up. Uh, next week, hopefully, is going to be the interview uh, of the border crisis with people that are actually working down there and helping people. And I've got a great interview with a pastor of a church that's down in Tucson, Arizona, that's working with uh, refugees and stuff. And it's right there on the front line. So we'll get to talk with her and see how everything's going on that front. Um, I promise you I'll have more music, uh, concerts and updates and local music here in Austin coming on the show. I'm putting everything together. But uh, right now, sit back and enjoy... Um, a really wonderful interview with my friend Ruben. Good afternoon. Is this, the one, is this the one and only Ruben Sanchez? This is me. <laughs> if for everybody for everybody listening, me and Ruben have been uh, friends since what, 14, 15 years old? Oh yeah, uh, at least eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then uh, through high school, uh, Ruben went to Millican High School. I went to Lakewood High School, which are like five miles at the most apart from each other. So we grew up with all the same friends and all that good stuff. Anyways, this is an ego-free show and a life about just being good humans. Ruben, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Uh, well, uh, my name is uh, Ruben Sanchez. I am the father of two beautiful children. I have a 22-year-old daughter uh, by the name of Emily, and I have a 19-year-old son uh, by the name of Jeremy. Uh, and that is uh, probably the reason why uh, I'm, I've been asked to come on this show is, is to talk a little bit more about Jeremy uh, and, and his journey. Um, well, I mean, I mean, that's true. Let me interrupt you, but you are a man of love, and his son, Jeremy, that I got the pleasure of meeting a few years ago, about three, four years ago now? Uh, it was back in uh, 2014 is when we were in Texas, so it's yeah. about five years ago now, just about. Wow, well, time goes fast, but Jeremy is, the, is an amazing kid, and, and Jer uh, Jeremy's a lot like his dad, and I'm sure his daughter is, I haven't met her yet, but just the big smiles, the open hearts, just good people. So... Didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's been raised in love. That's that's a, a definite definite yes on that one. Um, he doesn't have a mean bone in his body whatsoever, uh, and he always tries to stick up for 
you know, the less fortunate and, and always tries to show love to all of his friends, which is why he has such an amazing friend base. Um, he's just an amazing kid um, overall, you know, just, just the way he is, you know, with his attitude and, and everything. But um, <clears throat> to, to get a little bit more in depth on, on him, um, in, in March of 2017, March 1st of 2017, we found out that he had a uh, 4.78 centimeter tumor uh, between his cerebellum and his brainstem. Um, and at that point, we had been fighting for about six months with headaches and, and dizziness and loss of balance and throwing up and, and all these different things. And we had gone to several different outlets. We had gone to urgent care. We had gone to his primary doctor. We had taken him to the emergency room. And none of these places would give me a, a, a CT scan or an MRI to see what was going on in his head. And I found that to be kind of strange to have the same pain in your head in the same spot for, you know, over six months. I mean, doesn't that sound like a little crazy to you, Eric? Well, did, did they check him for like meningitis and stuff like that, at least at first? They, they did. They did the whole plethora of um, blood, blood work and, and scans right. and all that stuff. It's just, they wouldn't give me a picture of his head. Right. You know, if they would have given me a picture of his head, you know, we probably wouldn't be in half of the situations that we're in right now, such as the trachea and the feeding tube and, you know, things of that nature. It might, it might be a little bit easier for him right now. Um, do you, now, do you feel as being maybe, and I'm not just trying to big up this, but do you feel that healthcare was an issue? Meaning uh, that you didn't have access to the greatest healthcare or, I mean, were there any issues like that? Maybe that you didn't get a scan of that scan that you needed? It's not, it's not an issue of the healthcare. It's an issue okay. of not receiving the care at the correct time when it was needed. Um, that's, that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically what happened was on, on that day um, at 6.30 p.m., he was taken over to Loma Linda uh, University Medical You got me? I'm back with you, Ruben, and I got that other half. I don't know what, why we got disconnected, but uh, go on. It, were, it was recording, so we got it. Okay. Um, but basically, yeah, he crashed right in front of me, and I uh, had to be emergency intubated at that point and uh, an emergency craniostomy done because basically what he had was uh, what was called hydrocephalus at that point, which is uh, swelling of the brain because the fluid had built up so – extensively that it wasn't draining through the area where the tumor was it had blocked off that complete area so his spinal fluid is basically backing up in his brain um so they had to do an emergency like drill in his head and put a tube in there with a pump and get all this fluid and stuff out of there and it was uh, one of the most harrowing situations i have ever been in to see your son in that in that situation and not be able to help um yeah <laughs> That's the, that's the unimaginable. That's like I commend your strength and just yeah, it's amazing. It's well, amazing. at at that point, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no clue um, what the surgery was going to entail, uh, what the recovery was going to entail, what he was going to have to go through. Um, 
the things that I was going to have to go through at that point. Um, my faith was tested. Um, I can tell you that much right, oh, right now, right okay. off the bat. My, my faith was the first thing that was tested. Um, and through the outreach of, of all my friends, you included, you know, we had walk, uh, walk and D came to the hospital the very next day and spent some time with me. Um, I had, uh, my best friend, Neil Armstrong was there with me from five o'clock in the yep, morning yep. until 12 noon the very next day. Um, so he spent, you know, quite a, quite a bit of time with me there in, in the ICU. Um, it was, uh, pretty, pretty harrowing those first, those first couple of days because, um, I've got all these doctors and everybody telling me, you know, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And, I'm looking at my son laying in this bed with tubes sticking. I've never seen him that way before, you know, and um, right. it was, it was very, very um, mentally challenging for me at, at that point. I could have slipped into a very much darker place, but at that point I right. chose to step into the light and um, I can tell you unequivocally, Equivocally, I can tell you without, without a moment's hesitation that that hospital that we were at, um, they perform miracles there. They, yeah. they perform miracles there. And not just for my son, but for every single child that comes in there. That place is the most amazing comforting place I've ever been to as far as a hospital setting is concerned. Um, the ICU nurses and doctors were amazing. They involved me in every decision. They involved me in every meeting. Um, they. <laughs> I don't know why it keeps doing that, but uh, I got, I got you talking about the hospital and how much you love it there. So, okay. And then it closed off, but it is recording and it's all going to be mushed together and put in there. So, okay. Um, well, yeah, the hospital there, the, the ICU doctors, the, the nurses, the, the cancer doctors, all of the physical therapists and occupational therapists and, and speech therapists and um, just the general nursing staff and, and things of that nature. They're, they're amazing, amazing people. And, um, on the third day, March 3rd, is, is the day that we had uh, his surgery. And um, on that day is the day that my faith in God was reaffirmed. Um, <laughs> because I, I, I went down to one of the chapels when Jeremy was taken up uh, to, to start his surgery. And um, my grandmother had just passed away uh, back in March of 2016. So I, I prayed that she would be in there with him and I could, I could feel her presence in that room with me that yeah. I could, I could feel her. And I, that she, she loved Jeremy more than, more than anything in this world. You know, that was like her, that was like her special little dude. And for him to be in a position like that, um, I, I know without a doubt that she was in that room with those doctors that day. Um, because Dr. Zuros, uh, he, he performed one of the, one of the hardest surgeries that you could probably perform. And he did it 
with style and with grace. And um, that, that man is a miracle worker. And for the rest of my days, I will owe him a debt of gratitude for saving my soul. I will owe him the deepest depths of my soul for my son. Because, uh, and I I look at this too, not to interrupt you, but I look at things like, you know, you came out to Texas and I was going through a weird time in my life. My kids went through a circumstance and, and it just, things didn't vibe and you, you know, you had some trouble there, family matters you had to take care of, but everything, if you look back now, kind of aligned itself. So you would get the best care at, you know, for your son at that time, everything, you got to look at the blessings the way the road takes us sometimes to get to where we got to go sometimes, you know, it's pretty yes. cool. Yes. I, I, I can look at it. Totally, totally agree with you. I mean, I, I could have stayed there in Texas with you guys, you know, mm-hmm. you, you gave me that option. Um, but I felt at the time that going back home to California was probably going to be the best thing for him um, at the time. Maybe not right. the best thing. Maybe not the best thing for me, but the best thing for him because I was I was doing okay out there, um, but with the family issues that we were undergoing and and you know the lack of support that we were having there from from them um, was was pretty trying and pretty taxing. If you remember that time, oh, most definitely. Yeah, it most was. Definitely. Yeah, it was. It was a big eye opener and a big shock for me. Uh, you know, what happened there when we were there that time. And um, being here, like you just said, was a blessing in disguise. If I didn't have him here, I wouldn't have been able to give him proton treatments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because there's only two proton machines in the entire United States. One's on the East Coast, one's here at Loma Linda. So um, we we were in the place at the right time. Uh, And we've, you know, this, this tumor kind of was a blessing in disguise as well because we figured out why he was so small and why he wasn't growing, things of that nature. You know, since the surgery, um, we, we stayed in ICU for 31 days and he dipped into what's called posterior fossa syndrome, uh, about five days after his surgery. And that is where you don't move, you don't make a sound, you don't twitch, you don't budge, you don't do anything. Um, and they basically were breathing for him and doing all that stuff for him for probably a good 12 to 14 days until they figured out that his breathing had started to come back. So they took him off the ventilator and they slowly started taking him off of these machines. Uh, and on March 31st, it's the day that we left the ICU and went down to 4,800, which is the children's oncology department for his cancer treatments. And he had started uh, doing his radiation treatments. Um, the day that we left, he was 86.7 pounds. Wow. 86.7 pounds. Wow. And I met him before and he was a small yeah. kid, but he wasn't 86 pounds. Yeah. Um, when, when he got into the, to the emergency room that night, he was 116 something pounds and he had dropped that much weight in 31 wow. weeks. Now, for example, they weighed him before his surgery, 152.3 pounds. Wow. So, wow. yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's chunky. He's got some muscle now. 
Um, and even during his chemotherapy and all of his radiation, and we, we went through 13 radiation treatments. He went through 17 proton treatments. He went through nine rounds of chemotherapy. And through that whole year and a half span that all this was going on, the kid was gaining weight. Wow. You know, you, you never really hear of that, um, of kids gaining weight through their chemotherapy process. Right, and, right. You normally think uh, of chemo and you think of people getting sick. And- yeah, you think of decimated kids. You think of, of you know, skin and bones, of, of you know, just, just complete emaciated. But this kid was gaining weight through it all. And every time I would take him to clinic, they would look at me like, what are you doing with this kid at home? I'm just loving on him. I'm just giving him love. That's all I'm doing. I'm giving him positive uh, affirmation that all of this hard work, that everything he's gone through, that everything he has endured and suffered, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Most definitely. Most definitely. There's a a reason why he went through this battle. I hate to say it, but. You know, there's a reason, not a reason why, but there's a reason his will to live and he's not going anywhere, you know. And another, another big thing that I, that I want to reiterate to anyone out there that is listening to this right now that is going through this with <clears> their <throat> child, that is suffering from it themselves maybe, the power of positivity, it's un- Hey, bud. I know. This is just weird, this connection. Anyway, you were just saying the power, the, the, the positivity was, was just, you know, very strong for you during this. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that I did when Jeremy was in the ICU, um, and it was, it was uh, the nurses had never seen it before. Um, I didn't let anyone come into his room that wasn't showing complete 100% positivity. I didn't want anyone coming into his room and saying, oh, look at him. And, oh, God, he looks so horrible. And, oh, wow. No, no, no. No, I didn't want that. Because, A, because, A, he could hear us. Right, right. Everything that was going on, even though he was in that state, he could still hear everything. His brain was still all there, you know. Right. I didn't want him feeling like there was something going on that he couldn't overcome. So anyone that came into his room had to be positive. That, that, was, that was the number one rule for the whole time he was in the hospital. Positivity. You don't come in here unless you're positive. You don't come in here unless you're showing love. If you're right. doing things and you are allowed to come in here and, and spend as much time with him as you want, the first sign of negativity or the first thing that, that I heard that was negative – out of here. Bye. Yeah, and I and I noticed that even even on your Facebook thread that you had going. I mean, everybody was positive. It was all positive energy. Everybody on there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it turned into a, a snowball effect um, from the first couple of of posts that I made um, and the, the first couple of posts that other people made for me. Um, because I wasn't posting for the first couple of days because I was so busy and so tired. I didn't sleep for 48, almost 50 hours 
um, right. the first few days that he was there until the, the saints of the Ronald McDonald house came to my rescue and gave me a bed and a place to take a shower and some food to eat and stuff. You know, it was, it was amazing the outpouring of love and affection that that whole hospital and the whole, the whole community around that area, uh, you know, put up for myself and, and, you know, other parents. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. It's, no, and- it's just the whole, the, Eric, the whole area over there, if they know that you're suffering, if they know that you have a child in that hospital, that whole hospital just rallies around you. Everyone from, from the cooks in the kitchen down in the cafeteria to the highest of doctors and surgeons in the hospital, they're all on your side, all showing you love and all rallying around you. And <clears throat> I, you, you, don't, you don't know how much that means to a, a family member that oh. is going through it, you know, with, with that suffering child. Right. You know? No, I, I mean, myself, nothing compared to what you're going through life, but when my son was born and he's had a heart condition his whole life and had to have procedures, but I mean, just that everyday stress of being a parent and me and Ruben were single dads on top of that, learning our emotions and our roles in that lifestyle. Oh. I mean, I mean, the love for our children, first of all, something we created can never be replaced. So we'll hold on to it, everything and, and take care of them, if, even if it's sacrificing our life, you know, with no regrets. I, I gladly, I, I even said this to Joaquin when, when, uh, when he came with D uh, the first time I saw them. I said, you know what, Walk? I would gladly switch places with him. And yeah. take on this burden for him if I could. Oh, yeah. Oh, there I know. doubt 100% I would take that tumor out of his head and put it in mine, and I would be the one doing all this stuff right now other than him. Right. You know? And, and I, I, I thought about that and mulled over that in my head. <laughs> How many different times I'd lay there sleepless at night just thinking about it, you know, God, he's laying over there in, the, in that hospital bed, suffering from all this stuff, doing all this stuff, having to get pricked and prodded and poked and woke up every, you know, this and that hours to check this and check the vitals here and, you know, down to wearing yeah. a, a diaper and having to have people help him with the bathroom and things of that nature, having to learn how yeah. to walk again and talk again and all that stuff, man. And through it all, he's been a champion. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Where are we at today? What, what's, what's, I mean, we've been in this, you've been in this fight now for two years with him? Just, Go, just, about, just about two years now. And we are now at the point where 10 days ago we had his uh, jaw surgery to uh, loosen up his jaws and um, alleviate his lockjaw. Wow. Uh, and we also had his chest port taken out, which is a, a monumental uh, surgery. Uh, for a, a cancer patient, that means that they don't have to have any more cancer medication. Awesome. That's a good one. Right now, he's sitting in the house uh, playing his Xbox One. Uh, he is all there mentally. He is still sharp as a button. The <laughs> only thing that is holding him back are the physical ailments that he still has. Uh, we still have balance issues. So we have a gait trainer here that he's learning how to walk again. Okay. Um, he just got a brand new uh, lightweight wheelchair from uh, CCS. Uh, we're going to have to re- redo some physical and occupational therapy, probably a few more rounds of that. Uh, 
we have another round of speech therapy coming up as soon as his jaws heal. So right. he's got he's got a lot of things going on and uh, you know a lot of things to still do. Um, it's about an eight year process. So okay. Uh, okay. we're now on. Uh, we're just about done with the year second year, and we're we're going to be moving on to our third year. And um, as the years move on, um, the MRIs become less frequent. Um, okay. the, the checkups become less frequent um, to where down to where like the last two years, it's only once a year where he has to get an MRI and go in and get checked. And then if we can reach that eight year uh, threshold and plateau, then they will say that he is in remission and cancer free. Wow. So Beautiful. that's, that's where we're at right now, but there's still six years of hard work and dedication and just keeping that fight up and, and keeping the will to move on and move forward. You know, sometimes I have to remind him, hey, bud, you want to walk again, right? You want to talk again, right? And he, you know, said at me, yeah. And I'm like, okay, then we got to work. You know, I'm here with you. I'm doing all this stuff with you. I've been here since day one. I'm not going to leave you until we're done with this. And that's, that's, the, that's I'm the amazing, that's that. the amazing part. Yeah. And that's the amazing part because. He's a young man now, you know, and he went from becoming a young man and having this, this, this happen, you know, it makes it the harder, but he's got an amazing father that's walking through it and be there every single step, you know. Every well, Ruben, we keep getting cut off because we're doing an interview at rush hour on the internet, but anyway, yeah. so let it, let people know if you've got anything for donations, anything, or just let, you know. Uh, well, is there way? Is there ways for people to get in contact with you that it maybe you want to help in any way? We still have a GoFundMe page um, that is up. Um, all all the donations and everything were were much appreciated from everyone. Um, uh, you can look, uh, you can search under Jeremy J E R E M Y Sanchez S A N C H E Z or Ruben Sanchez R U B E N S A N C H E Z on the GoFundMe site. Um, like I said, any donations are, are very, very welcomed, uh, and helpful. Uh, I am working now for the state of California, uh, taking care of him. So, um, that's been right. godsend. Uh, I wasn't able to work for the longest time because, uh, I do construction. So I, I wasn't able to, to get out there and, and do my normal work. So being able to work for the state and take care of him has, has been a godsend. Uh, that's um, awesome. That's a blessing right there. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I'm very, very proud of you, Eric, for, for uh, getting this show up and, and running. I'm very uh, thankful for you um, contacting me and letting me get Jeremy's story out there to everyone. Um, love your kids, yeah. people. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, Ruben. It's just, you know, positivity in this world. We're, we're hit every day with whatever it be, you know, it's just fear and everything people put, the media and everything. And there really are good things going on, good people. And like Ruben said, an amazing hospital staff, doctors. There are wonderful people in this world doing wonderful things every day. And that's the focus of this show. Just spreading joy, spreading real life adventure, uh, uh, you know, uh, real life stories, uh, music. Uh, Ruben's a big music fan too. Um, I'm, a drummer, but, uh, I'm a drummer like you are, sir. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's just real people talking and real problems that we have to deal with. And, uh, and then real love real good stories of faith and love and, and stuff like this with you, this Ruben and your family. 
you know? and I have I have one more thing to add to the people out there that might be listening right now. Um, if uh, if you ever go into a, into a McDonald's and you're standing there in line and you see that little box in front of the the register and it's the Ronald McDonald House donation box, throw your change in there. Throw a dollar in there. Um, I I would always pass that by before. I needed to use the Ronald McDonald house. And now every time I'm in a McDonald's, I put a $5 bill in there. So let's know that that money that you put in those little boxes goes to help people like myself, families like mine that have uh, sick children in critical condition that they may lose, you know, um, at any time. And they're at that home so they can eat, so they can sleep, so they can take a shower, wash their clothes and still be in proximity to their children. Because I lived 85 miles away from the hospital. So right, I would have right. 160 miles round trip every day just to see my kid and be with my kid. And I would have done it every single day if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's rush hour, bud. It's rush hour on the internet. The Wi-Fi connection, it just keeps, I watch it go in and out. <laughs> But I will put a link. I'm actually going to put some links up to the Ronald McDonald House, and I will find a link for uh, Jeremy's page and stuff and put in anything else you can think of. We're going to talk. You're going to be a guest on this show again, for oh, sure. People, people want to know, you know, that we got an eight-year, you've got a six-more-year journey. Well, hell, we'll check in with you once in a while, and we want to see That's how awesome. everything's going. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd love, I'd love to check in with you guys and let everyone know how he's doing. Yeah. So. Ruben, much love to you. Tell Jeremy I love him very much. Just hang on tight. Everything's going to be good. Much love, E. Thanks All for right, having sir. me on the show and, and give my love to the family, would you, bud? I will for sure. We'll talk okay. soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. That was the interview with my friend Ruben. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Just makes you think about all the greatness in this world and stuff today. So today's episode is going to end on a great song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This was uh, picked by Ruben. Not the song exactly, but the band. He's a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. So sit back and enjoy and listen to that. I will see you guys all next week for another episode, another podcast of Awake to Freedom. Bye. Another breaking